ladies and gentlemen, welcome brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, family, friends, and foes, and that's quite all right. What would life be like without some foes? And to the standing between the living and the dead, prayer, devotional, family, prayer, devotional, memorial, family, evangelistic, service, family members. We've been on this journey for a long time in the plague. Now, as you know, more plagues are coming online because we in the church refuse to do right by God and to do right by Jesus Christ. Some of us are acting worse than the world. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, my beloved, this is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House daily reading of the chrono chronological Bible episode number 540, if you will, where I simply read the Holy Bible in the King James Version each day in chronological order. This unique viewpoint, this unique arrangement of the Holy Scriptures allows us to read the whole Bible as a single story and to see the unfolding of God's plan in history. Today we are reading 1st Kings chapter 9 verses 1 through 9. Shall we pray? Holy Father God in heaven I praise you and I thank you for your holy word, your mighty word, your powerful word that so many cast behind their backs even in the church for Jesus Christ's sake have mercy and grace upon our souls and forgive us of our wicked sins of disobeying your holy Bible, your holy word. And Lord grant me and everybody who is saved your energy, your strength, your unction, your anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to receive your Holy Word, to understand it, pardon me Lord, to comprehend it, to obey it, to apply it to our lives, to share it with others, to preach it to others, and to preach your holy gospel even today. We pray that you will save those who are lost and revive those who are saved. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, I have the high honor and the distinct privilege and the great uh, pleasure to read in your hearing, Thus saith the Lord. <coughs> the Word of God, the Holy Bible. At First Kings chapter 9, <coughs> verses 1 through 9. And it came to pass when Solomon had finished the building of the house 
of the Lord and the king's house and all Solomon's desire which he was pleased to do that the Lord appeared to Solomon the second time as he had appeared unto him at Gibeon. And the Lord said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication that thou hast made before me. <clears throat> I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. And if thou wilt walk before me as David thy father walked in integrity of heart and in uprightness to do according to all that I have commanded thee and will keep my statutes and my judgments. Then I will establish the throne of thy kingdom upon Israel forever, as I promised to David thy father, saying, There shall not fail thee a man upon the throne of Israel. But if ye shall at all turn from following me, ye or your children, and will not keep my commandments and my statutes which I have set before you, but go and serve other gods and worship them, then will I cut off Israel out of the land which I have given them and this house which I have hallowed for my name will I cast out of my sight, and Israel shall be a proverb and a byword among all people. And at this house which is high, everyone that passeth by it shall be astonished, astonished rather, and shall hiss, and they shall say, Why hath the Lord done thus unto this land and to this house? <clears throat> and they shall answer, Because they forsook the Lord their God, who brought forth their fathers out of the land of Egypt, and have taken hold upon other gods, and have worshipped them, and served them. Therefore hath the Lord brought upon them all this evil. Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord, as always, your holy word is apropos and timely, for that passage is us. We are suffering the shutting down of the temple in the church today, where many churches have closed, and uh, for you have destroyed them out of your sight, because of sin, because the people forsook you in the church, rebelled against you, and uh, now and then you have taken away the temple in the sense that there are people who can't even go, uh, and so forth. And so, Lord, we pray in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. that you'll help us to learn from this passage and to confess our sins and to repent and to turn from our evil ways. In Jesus Christ's name I do pray for those of us who say that we are saved. Those who are not, we pray that you would save them. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, in Christ Jesus, family, friends,
friends and foes, and even foes in the family, and to the standing between the living and the dead service family members. This is Daniel White the Third, President of Gospel Light Society International, with the White House Family Devotional Reading of Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Treasury of David. This is episode number 141. We're at Psalm 16, verse 2. If you're saved, if you're born again, I assure you that at some point, normally early on, but at some point, you're going to fall in love with the Word of God. Now, I am the type of man who I have never fallen in love with anybody. No woman, uh, uh, including my wife. I have never fallen in love with anybody. I don't even even know what that means. But I have fallen in love with the Word of God. I can assure you that. I love the Word of God. My soul and my spirit on the inside loves the Word of God. And so, I believe that's going to happen to you if it has not happened. Psalm 16, 2, O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee. The Prince of Preachers continues, O my soul. The Prince of Preachers, the reason why we call him the Prince of Preachers is because he can take a half a verse. He's one of the few pastors I know can take a, take a half a verse or a line of a verse and uh, get uh, a whole lot out of it and do a whole sermon on it. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord. In his inmost heart, the Lord Jesus bowed himself to do service. Pardon me. To do service to his heavenly Father, and before the throne of Jehovah, his soul vowed allegiance to the Lord for our sakes. We are like him when our soul truly and constantly in the presence of the heart-searching God declares her full consent to the rule and government of the infinite Jehovah, saying, Thou art my Lord. To avow this with the lip is little, but for the soul to say it, especially in times of trial, is a gracious evidence of spiritual health. To profess it before men is a small matter, but to declare it before Jehovah himself is of far more consequence. This sentence may also be viewed as the utterance of appropriating faith, laying hold upon the Lord by personal covenant and enjoyment. In this sense, may it be our daily song in the house of our pilgrimage. My goodness extendeth not to thee, the work of our Lord Jesus, Jesus was not needful on account of any necessity in the divine being. Jehovah would have been inconceivably glorious had the human race perished and had no atonement been offered. 
although the life, work, and death agony of the Son of God did reflect unparalleled luster upon every attribute of God, yet the most blessed and infinitely happy God stood in no need of the obedience and death of his Son. It was for our sakes that the work of redemption was undertaken, and not because of any lack or want on the part of the Most High. God Almighty, if you will allow me to add, how modestly does the Savior here estimate his own goodness? What overwhelming reasons have we for imitating his humility? If thou be righteous, what givest thou him, or what receiveth he of thine hand? Shall we pray? Holy Father God, we praise you and we thank you for your holy word and what you have spoken to our hearts. And Lord, we pray now that you'll help us to obey your holy word by your grace, your strength, and by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. All right, folks. By the grace of God, we're going to what I call the family verses. The family verses. Our family segment in the standing between the living and the dead devotional. One of the reasons why God led me to start this devotional, um, He put it on my heart years ago, even before the plague, because, uh, and so my family and I, we, after 30 something years of having family devotions and knowing how powerful. They are, uh, my wife being from uh, Jamaica mixed with a Negro and Chinese and uh, Jamaican and white and all of that. And I'm from America mixed with Indian, in fact, my mother's from Apalachicola, Florida, Indian on that side, and then my grandmother, Tempe, uh, uh, she was almost a full-blooded Indian. My wife's mother, grandmother, was Chinese, and uh, so, you know, when you mix up all of these races and Plus, with Negro, <laughs> for us to stay married for 34 years is a miracle of God, and the and I don't care if you like it or not, but these devotionals had a whole lot to do with that. And we would, you say, man, I tell you, sometimes you spend a long time in in, in devotion. We spend longer than this, many days. And I know my sweet evangelicals, they know how to, you know, do it real short-like. They have a system, especially my Southern Baptist brethren. And they get, everything is systematic. They got it all systematized and set up and everything. Uh, 8.7 seconds you ought to be done. Sermons must be done in 19 minutes to 20 minutes at the most. That's why they get out of church early before the black folks, and they go to uh, Ryan's and and they have their dinner before the black folks even think about leaving church. And uh, quite frankly, I'll give you like it or not, I like the way the white folks do it. I I love it. I love it. So anyway, family devotions uh, in our family could go for three or four hours at times. Because we did a whole lot of teach, I did a whole lot of teaching. We homeschooled our children, and 
uh, I had to pray and cast out the devil uh, out of my wife every morning, and so that took a little time as well. And um, uh, and so uh, it has a lot to do with our success in marriage. And success in marriage, in my mind, is finishing uh, today, really said to say the bar is that low, but to finish well, to stay together and not get a divorce because God makes it very plain in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, he hates divorce with a passion. And I believe he hates it mostly because of the damage you uh, is the damage that is done to the children that he blessed you with. You mess with God if you want to. He he'll take your children from you. If you want, if you want to mess with those children, he'll take your children from you. He will do it. I've seen him do it. He will take your children from you. He'll take them to heaven. See, it's no loss to him because he's got them sitting on his lap. You, it's a loss to you. You the one down here, boohooing and crying and begging and everything. Where's my child at and so forth? Uh, so don't get mad at me. I'm trying to help you. God will do that. Bad, I've seen many bad things happen to children. Because parents wanted to be cute and, and get a divorce and separate and break their children's hearts. And, uh, and uh, I've seen God do it. I've seen God do it, man. God does not play. He, he's not going to let you mess over those children and break their hearts over and over again with that garbage. The American way, divorce, no-fault divorce, foolishness. And, and, and then taking the children back and forth. You know, back and forth. <laughs> back and forth. No, no, no. And they over here one weekend, they over there one weekend. And they, and this Christmas they stay with you, the next Christmas they there. And then we got... Uh, Joe Blow and, and Ma Blow, new parents and mixed, what they call mixed uh, families and all of that. Uh, confusing the daylights out of the children. I feel sorry for, uh, I feel sorry for uh, so many children uh, who, are, who have gotten caught up in that. Uh, to me, that's just that, that's almost worse than foster parents, parenting, and foster care. Uh, to me, that's that's worse than single parents and and so forth. To me, all that back and forth and foolishness, and then this new person coming in your life. This is your second mommy, and this is your second dad, and all this foolishness. Anyway, God hates divorce people. You you can like it or lump it or choke on it. I can care less. I'm telling you, God hates divorce, and if you mess up over those children, you mess those children around, he's going to deal with you. Jesus corrected uh, Moses and said, uh, it was not so from the beginning. And you can fool around here and get married again, divorced and, and, and marry again out of God's will, you're going to catch hell. So you need to humble yourself and do it God's way. Like I told my wife before we got married, we're going to do it God's way or no way. Now what do you say, preacher, what do you mean no way? Everything is on the table, everything is off the table, however you want to say it. See, because... Uh, uh, when you get out of the will of God and you don't obey the word of God, husband or wife, you're going to, you, you, as one man put it, you are getting out from under the umbrella of God's protection. So uh, everything on the table, off the table. I never took anything off the table. <laughs> I put everything on it, whatever. But one thing we're not going to do is say we're married and not have a marriage. And God has made the rules. Like, you know, we were not going to play that game. Like so many sweet evangelicals and sweet Protestants and sweet Christians, they, 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 see, they, they don't even want me to tell the truth. They want me to lie like them. Uh, 
you're liars, your feet ain't made, and your heart pumps peanut butter. No, we ain't rolling like that. It's going to be what it is. See? And at the end of the day, men love it and women love it too. Everybody who's saved loves the truth. Now, you may have somebody who is not saved that you're married to. Who don't, they don't understand uh, the truth. And let me tell you something about people who are not saved. The devil will cause them to have amnesia. A person who goes headlong in rebelliousness and stubbornness and disobedience to God. And they lose their minds a little bit. And they forget the consequences. I, don't, I can't explain this to you. It's a, it's a phenomenon. People who are, who are religious but lost, uh, they, uh, they lose their minds a little bit. And they'll go off the handle, fly off the handle, and forget the consequences. The consequences for sin, my friend, in this life and in the life to come. A saved person, a born-again one, Pardon me, he may do wrong or she may do wrong, but they are very mindful of the consequences of their wrongdoing. They're evil. And, and then when the consequences come down, when God breaks the fellowship uh, and uh, uh, and, and, and then goes further with chastisement and rebuke, uh, they accept it. They understand it. They knew it was coming. They are not shocked. And they have the right attitude towards it. And they let it run its course because it's going to run its course. <laughs> you understand me? God's going to have his way. He's going to take his sweet time having his way. See, the reason why you don't want to cross God, saints of God, and get under his chastening hand is because God is not in time like you and me. And, and you think God's going to give you a little quick whipping for about uh, a half an hour? It may take five years. That quick whipping may take five years. That's quick to God, <laughs> not to you. Do not play with God. Do not mess with God. Do not disrespect God. And uh, do not uh, uh, think that you're going to get away with your evil as his children. If you're thinking that way that you can do evil and get away with it, you are a bastard. That's right, I called you a bastard. Well, I didn't call you a bastard. God called you a bastard. You don't know God. Because see, see, deep down on the inside, you know God's going to let you know. Don't, don't do that what you're thinking about doing because there are consequences. Save folk understand the consequences on the front end. They don't forget it. They don't, they, they don't have amnesia. And so they don't let the devil take them and run with them in doing evil. Because they know better. And that's what God is trying to get you to if you are a born again one. Where he can trust you and depend upon you uh, that you're not going to do evil. There's just some things you're not going to do. You're going to say, uh-uh, not me. I'm not doing that. <laughs> no sir, no ma'am. With a straight face. I don't, and you tell people, I don't play with God now. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 32. God is commanding the husband now. I don't know why God commanded the wife first. Other than the fact that she is to be in subjection to her husband. So he started with her first, or maybe he knew she would be the biggest problem. I don't know. And look at some of you women are mad because you don't think you're a problem. You are a problem. 
a whole problem. I, I mean, I said there are young ladies on TikTok got better sense than some of you old uh, Christian women. They might throw a cuss word in there while they're telling you. Uh, I believe some of these 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 women, these young women, listen to me, and then they go and put it put their little Tony on it, and and they repeat it to you people. I saw a young lady the other day said something that I have been saying for years. She said, uh, I hate it when women talk about uh, happy wife and happy life. People talk about happy wife and happy life. And, and, and she couldn't have been no more than 28, 29, 27, 28 years old. And she said, I hate it. She said, because it's, it's, it's like the whole world, everybody in the world don't care anything about the husband's happiness, the man's happiness. Now, this young lady, beautiful young lady, too, but was up there cussing. She cussed about it. So she was not, I mean, you know, she's probably not a Christian. But even secular women understand that's foolishness. Now, she didn't say what I have always said. I believe a Christian man, husband, ought to bring happiness to the table if you're saved before you get married. You don't want to marry somebody who has bouts of unhappiness. Falling apart over every little issue. Mad about everything. Mad dog. Angry. They wake up angry. Go to bed angry. And so if something happens and goes awry and does not go their way, they get very angry. They're not happy campers. So I believe the man ought to be a happy camper whether his wife is a happy camper or not. And your life cannot be wrapped up in trying to make your wife happy. She needs to bring happiness to the table. And that's what I've always said. Now, this young lady talked about how that uh, it's not about just the woman being happy. The husband needs to be happy, too. She does not, she's not safe, so she does not understand the concept that both people ought to be happy based upon Jesus and God's power in the Word of God. If you got married to get somebody to make you happy, you're in trouble. You are in deep, deep trouble, my dear friend. Nobody can make you happy. In fact, your spouse is, is going to probably make you unhappy if you're controlled by your emotions and you don't have Jesus in your heart because of their sinful nature. You're going to find out that they stink if they don't bathe. You're going to find out the, the rituals that that beautiful wife that you met a long time ago has to do to, to stay beautiful. Cucumbers on her eyes, green uh, sauce on her face, looking like a Martian, and uh, uh, things that you know rub off the dead skin and all of that kind of thing. You'll be amazed. And once you get married, you're going to find out that somebody's bathroom stinks. So you better bring happiness to the table. And what I mean by happiness, not the happiness that depends upon the happenings. But peace and joy as well. That goes for the husband and the wife. I taught my children from a young age. You cannot live your life based upon the happenings and the roller coasters of the, the up, up and downs and vicissitudes of life. So I taught them when I was, I, I would take them to Chuck E. Cheese and we would do some other things for birthdays and stuff. When we got in the car, I explained to them, now you're excited about going to Chuck E. Cheese. Isn't that right, children? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I can't wait to get there. Now, you're going to enjoy yourself while you're there, aren't you? And the food and the drinks and everything. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Everybody's happy, excited. I do want you to understand now, and I want you to prepare yourself, that 
we will be leaving Chuck E. Cheese after a while, okay? And so I want you to be just as happy because life is not based upon the happenings. You cannot live your life by stringing events together like so many people are doing today. What's the next event? What is the, and some of you Christians are the worst ones. Sad to say, you evangelicals always got a conference you got to go to. Oh, you know, what, what's the next conference that I can spend $770 for nothing? What's the next meeting? What's the next this and that? And you just string along things and string along travel events and, and so forth. And you, and you think that's going to make you happy. Let me tell you something. I traveled all over the world. When I landed in uh, the Virgin Islands for the first time, very beautiful, water so beautiful, so blue as green, amazing. You know what? I landed there with the same old Daniel White III. When I landed in Germany, same old Daniel White III. And whatever problems I had back in Atlanta, I still had them. Same thing when I traveled to Jamaica Lawn. Same thing when I traveled to Hawaii. Same thing when I traveled to Alaska. Same thing when I traveled to London. I mean the same thing. I could be on the travel. You think getting on that plane going to take away your problems? No, they, no, 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 no. Don't, don't think like that. And make you happy? Nope. A vacation not going to make you happy. Going to Belize is not going to make you happy. Going to the Philippines is not going to make you happy. Uh, you can get on a plane right now and go to one of my favorite places in the world, Philippines. Uh, Philippines, I don't know what, I, I don't know what's going on, but you can almost touch the sky. Seems like the stars are so huge in the Philippines, so big. I don't know. How, I don't know. I can't explain all of that. I don't know if they're closer to heaven or what. I don't know. But it's just beautiful. But traveling will not make you happy. Going somewhere will not make you happy. If you're not happy deep down on the inside, you'll never be happy. If you're not full of joy and peace on the inside through Jesus Christ, you'll never be joyful and peaceful. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Jesus Christ loved the church and to save the people, he gave his life. He suffered, he bled, and he died, was buried and rose on the third day for the people, the church. Let me help you, husbands. Contrary to our sweet evangelicals, you're not Jesus. God is not requiring you to die for your wife. Now, if, you, if somebody breaks into your house and you want to protect your wife and you'd rather die for her than she died, then that's fine. That's good. <clears throat> that's wonderful, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> okay. Uh, and... Uh, Somebody's already died for your wife. His name is Jesus Christ. That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. So you ought to teach your wife the word of God. And by the way, you're her pastor, not, not the pastor of the church. They are to supplement and help help not take over and control your life like some pastors and pastors' wives do who think they're slick. Verse 27, that he might present it to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Sir, you have a job to do. You need to help your wife to become better. And uh, 
some of you don't stay married long enough to reap the benefits. Some of you are just plain old uh, dumb. You invest all of that time and all of the things you tried to do to help her to become a better woman. And uh, then you leave her for a little Miss Cute thing. <clears throat> and you leave your wife for your trophy wife. And then somebody else will come along and benefit from all of the hard work you did. In, in getting your wife to the point that she is. And she's going to... Uh, make him feel good when she could have been the one who made you f uh, uh, feel good. All your hard work is going to go for naught to somebody else. Verse 28, so ought men, so stay married and, 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 and it gets better and unique things begin to happen in the marriage, men and women, after you get to a certain point. And you need to, and only God can give you that. And uh, whether the spouse that you married who is lost or not, God can work some things out that uh, there's great. There are great benefits to staying married for a long time. Great benefits. Do you really want to get out here and get somebody new and train them? After you have already done that, you want to start all over and even have more children and so forth. Verse 28, so, uh, not me, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. If you love yourself like I do, men, love your wife in the same way. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his bone, uh, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Yes, sir. Husbands, do you love your wife like you love yourself? In your heart of hearts, do you want the very best for her? In your heart of hearts, do you really want uh, her to have the things she needs? and the good things she desires. I hope you got it like that. I hope that you have your heart fixed that way. Many men don't. So we're going to end it there for today. And let's pray for others. Let's pray for other families, families that are not born again, irreligious families, and families that are born again or they know or heard the gospel already. Let's pray. Holy Father God, grant us your energy, strength, unction, and anointing and the power of your Holy Spirit to pray. And <clears throat> Holy Father God, we pray for all families that name the name of Christ. That you would save, that you would lead them, guide them, direct them, heal them, and revive them. For, Lord, you have them here for a reason. We also pray for those who are saved, Lord, I mean, for those who don't know your Savior, open their blinded eyes, unstop their deaf ears, and save their souls. And Holy Father God, save those who are lost around the world, revive those who are saved, heal those who are sick, comfort those who are grieving and mourning around the world. And Holy Father God, we 
pray that you will have mercy and grace upon all people who name the name of Christ. Please forgive us, Lord, of our sins of not being the witnesses we should be. Lord, uh, not speaking the truth and also, Lord, not being um, people who practice the commandment of love everybody, the great commandment. Love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and spirit and all other people. And Holy Father God, we pray Pardon me, Lord. Holy Father God, we pray that you would heal the sick, comfort those who are grieving. Lord, we pray that you'll meet the needs of your people right where they are. And Holy Father God, we pray for all people who are in government, in the ministry of government, save those who are lost, revive those who are saved. And Lord, lead God and direct them in the way that you would have them to go, that we may lead peaceful and quiet lives. And Holy Father God, we Holy Father God, we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for all of the persecuted Christians in this country and around the globe. We pray that you would comfort them and protect them and lead them and guide them and direct them. And Lord, we pray that you would grant them your grace for their trying hours and for their dying hours. And Holy Father God, we pray again for the thousands of folks who have succumbed to the uh, coronavirus plague. We pray, Lord, that you would heal them, heal their families as well. And now, Lord, we pray for, again, the millions of people, Lord, who are hurting around the world, who need comfort, prayer, and communication, and we pray that you would comfort them as only you can. We pray for the family and friends of Michigan resident David Stitt. We pray for the family and friends of Oregon resident Jan Mercado. Pardon me. We pray for the family and friends of New York resident Albert Doggin. We pray for the family and friends of California resident Glenda Kellogg. And we pray for the family and friends of Wisconsin resident Phil Matties. We commit all of these souls into your hands. Let your will be done in their lives and ours. And now, Holy Father God, we pray for some of the new prayer requests that have come in. We pray for all of the other people who have uh, requested prayer requests as well. We pray for salvation and spiritual, family and, li- uh, family and life, financial and material, protection and provision blessings upon each and every one. And also uh, the new people here. We pray, Lord, for Pastor Bishibi, who thanks you for the fruitful prayer meetings and uh, they are thankful and grateful to you for the the prayer meetings that we uh, put together here. Uh, I do believe and Lord we thank you 
for the fruitful prayer meetings, he is saying, and we pray with him about that. And Lord, we pray also, we pray for Pastor Rashibi, who says thank you for the fruitful prayer meetings. And uh, they had uh, special pamphlets Uh, pardon me, Lord. Please bless them with new roofs for the churches. Bless them with gospel tracts and pamphlets as well and for Bibles. Thank you that Melanie passed her school exams and bless her wish, uh, uh, bless her rather with her American visa. Uh, heal Timothy from abdominal, abdominal pain. And Lord, we pray that you bless uh, Timothy in his uh, uh, Pastor Bushibi, and uh, we thank you, Lord, for hearing and answering prayer regarding uh, Pastor um, Bushibi, and Lord, for the uh, bringing about the rain amid the drought, which we help them pray about, Del- deliver them from the drought, bless them with a new water well as well. And Lord, we pray for Tammy. Please bless her with the money she needs to do ministry work and to live. We pray for Jensen. Please destroy the works of Satan in his life and give him abundant life. And uh, completely deliver him from all evil spirits and witchcraft. Help him not to feel lonely. Give him healing and health prosperity and the Holy Spirit's anointing. <clears throat> Pardon me, Lord. In his mind, soul, and body, and life, give him complete healing in his mind and thoughts. Bless him with a good job and uh, house. Protect him from the coronavirus disease as well. And uh, Lord, we pray for the people who have gotten saved through the ministry and those people who have rededicated their life through the ministry. Help them all to grow in the faith, to stand strong in the faith, and be the Christians that you would have them to be. We pray for Tammy, Gajon, Borkit, Kobe, Jeanette, and uh, we pray for the people committed to you. We pray for Mohan, Benla, Sherab, Kashanti, and Michelle. We commit all of these souls into your hands and in our soul as well. Let your will go down. Let your will uh, be done, rather, uh, for all of these people and in all of our lives. Let your will be done and help us to keep our hearts and minds stayed on you. Keep us, Lord, therefore, in perfect peace. Help us to pray without ceasing. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and for his sake. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, let's all stand for our closing prayer. Hold on a second. We can pray, but uh, I have something else I need to tell you. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that you would grant me your energy, your strength, your unction, and your anointing, and the power of your Holy Spirit to preach your holy gospel. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to our hearts from your holy word, and help us to go thereby. In Jesus Christ's name I pray, and for his sake, amen. And uh, so, dear friends, in closing, let me say this to you. For those of you who are not saved, if you're not born again, if you're not a Christian, uh, if you were to die today and uh, you know that you would go to hell and not to heaven, if you were to die today and you're not sure, here's how you can be saved from hell Uh, straight from the Word of God, the Holy Bible, 
and have the peace and assurance of your salvation. First, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's law. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For the wages of sin is death. Or rather, in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I am a sinner. You are a sinner. The Pope is a sinner. The Dalai Lama is a sinner. Even Joel Osteen is a sinner. The pastor of the largest church in the world. We have committed sin. You say, well, preacher, what is sin? Sin is disobeying God's commandments. We read some commandments earlier today for husbands and wives. And uh, if they disobey God's word, they're committing a sin. But uh, here's some well-known sins. Lying adultery, stealing, lusting after somebody, in your heart, or something, dishonoring your parents, disobeying your parents, disrespecting your parents, Dishonoring God by taking his name in vain. We all have committed these sins and that's just five of the commandments of God. We all have done evil in God's sight for we all have sinned and come short of his glory. Second, Except the fact that there is a penalty for sin. The Bible states in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. We die because of our sin. We do not die because of a car crash. We do not die uh, because of cancer. We do not die even because of the coronavirus plague. We die because of our sins. So accept the fact that you are on the road to hell. Because God wants you to know that if he will allow you to die from this beautiful ball hanging on nothing but his power called earth, he will allow you to go to hell if you reject Jesus Christ and do not believe on his son, Jesus Christ. So third, accept the fact that you are on the road to hell right now. Jesus Christ said in Mark 9:43-48, And if thy hand offend thee, Cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell, into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, plug it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye, than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched.
also the Bible states in Revelation 21.8, but the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable, that includes homosexuals and murderers and uh, whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their lake which burneth with fire shall have their part rather in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. These are they who are going to hell to the lake of fire. And that's where you're going if you're living that lifestyle of sin and evil if you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and repent. So hell in the lake of fire is bad news, but I have some good news for you. Jesus Christ said in John 3.16, the most important words ever said in the history of the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Just believe in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ that he suffered, he bled, and he died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose from the, the dead by the power of God for you so that you can live forever with him. Pray and ask him to come into your heart today to save your soul, and he will save you. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. Why don't you call on the Lord today for your salvation? Believing in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believing in your heart that Jesus Christ suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose again. I'll help you to pray the sinner's prayer. Repeat after me, phrase by phrase, and mean it from your heart. Holy Father God, I admit that I am a sinner. And I know I deserve to go to hell. But for Jesus Christ's sake, please have mercy and grace upon my soul and forgive me of all of my sins. Help me now to... Believe your holy gospel and believe in you. For my soul's salvation. Lord Jesus Christ, please come into my heart and into my spirit and save my soul today. And help me to truly repent of my sins and turn from my evil lifestyle. And help me to truly repent of my sins. And to follow you in the new life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake. Amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that he suffered, bled, and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, Allow me to say to you congratulations on doing the most important thing in life. 
and that is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to GospelLightSociety.com and read my book titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10:9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, if you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, please email that to us and let us know at gospellightsociety.com. The email is there. We have some free material that we want to send you. If you have a prayer request, please re, uh, please email that to us as well. And we will pray for you until you tell us to stop, by God's grace. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good, is my prayer. Make sure you pray without ceasing. Everybody stand as we close in prayer. Holy Father God, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you and we thank you for what you have done with so little. And we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and forsake. Amen. Make sure you pray without ceasing. God bless you. I'm getting ready to go and get me some sleep and some rest. And uh, so I'm going to be better fit to preach his word later tonight, later this evening. And we look forward to seeing you there. If uh, the Lord tarries his coming and we live. God bless you, dear friends, as we listen to Our Fly Away. <laughs>